Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Out of the millions that have been written, there is only one book that is God-inspired. That precious book, the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, all 66 books in one book, has been preserved for us and has been preserved intact down through the ages. And so it is inspired It is inerrant without uh, error, even the possibility of error in the original manuscripts. And it is authoritative, uh, the very authority of thus says God. It is sufficient, sufficient for life and for faith in Christ and growth in Christ. It it has, as I said, been preserved. And so what a great book. The question is, how do we value it? Psalm 119 is a great psalm to read, and I encourage you to do it, but I'm sharing a verse each each podcast through this series. Psalm 119 verse 97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. God says uh, through the psalmist here, Love the law of God. In other words, the law is is a uh, another way of saying the Bible. Love it, and then meditate on it consistently. The psalmist here said, "I meditate on it all day long." In other words, it was always on his mind. He uh, had saturated his heart and his life with the Word of God, and so this series that we're in, Bible Blitz. Uh, looking at the New Testament books, and we've chosen six of them. I'm doing that to, to whet your appetite to come back and rediscover God's Word and re-engage uh, yourself in God's Word on a daily basis. And I'm not talking about um, a long, uh, all-day-long study, even an hour study. Start with five minutes a day consistently and, and go from there. And if you're already there, then step it up. Take it to the next level. Read it. Uh, study it. Learn how to, to study it. And that, that's not the purpose of this podcast today. And memorize it. And then, of course, uh, apply it to your life. Obey it. Well, today we look at another New Testament book, and that is the book of James. James was written by Jesus' half-brother in all likelihood. There were uh, around four uh, Jameses mentioned in the New Testament, but um, this uh, could not have been the brother of John. You know, Peter, James, and John could not have been the brother of John because in Acts chapter 12, verse 2, Herod, when he began to persecute the church again, killed him, killed James with the sword, the scripture says, and so would not have been him. So it would have been Jesus' half-brother. He was, uh, according to the word of God in Acts, he was the leader of the church at Jerusalem. And and James, the half-brother of Jesus, didn't even believe in Jesus until after the resurrection. John chapter 7, verse 5 said his brothers did not believe in him. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7 says Jesus appeared to James along with all the apostles after the resurrection. And so uh, James here is uh, is in all likelihood uh, the author is, is Jesus' half-brother. Now, James wrote this short letter to Jewish people. James chapter 1, 
verse, verse 1 says this, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, isn't it interesting that he calls himself a bondservant of Jesus Christ? Just a simple servant. He didn't uh, pull any rank. He didn't say, hey, I'm the half-brother of Jesus, you know, or, or something like that. He said, I'm a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. And so, uh, James is obviously written writing to the Jewish people, and it says to the people that were scattered abroad, uh, the people that were dispersed abroad, they were a part of the diaspora. And these uh, are people that probably had fled Jerusalem and surrounding areas, had fled from persecution that was uh, either started in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8 verse 1 it says, Saul, who was later to become Paul prior to his conversion, was in hearty agreement with putting him, Stephen, to death. And on that day a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, uh, except the, the apostles. And so this was the beginning of the scattering, but then in chapter 12 of Acts, we have this, verse 1, now about that time Herod, the king, laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to arrest them, and he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also, and, and of course, uh, the beautiful news is, is Peter was freed miraculously by angels from the prison, but there in chapter 12, uh, persecution was um, initiated by Herod the king himself. And so these uh, brothers and sisters in Christ were uh, dispersed, scattered abroad out because of the per persecution. And so James wrote this book of James, uh, probably the earliest New Testament book written, and it was written between 44 and 49 A.D., in all likelihood before the Council of Jerusalem uh, recorded in Acts chapter 15, because it's not mentioned here in the book or even alluded to, and that happened in, in 49 A.D., so it was written sometime before that. Now, let's just take a few moments to summarize the book of James, and that's all I'm doing is summarizing it. And, and let me begin by saying that James is sometimes called the Proverbs of the New Testament. You know, the Old Testament book of Proverbs, 31 chapters, uh, very practical, day-to-day -day living kind of things there in the Proverbs. Well, James is, is called that. And, and look at the uh, a comparison. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously and without reproach, and, and it will be given to him. And then when you go to the book of Proverbs chapter 1, and you look at verses 1 to 3, it says this, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of, of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. And so there, wisdom for wise behavior in Proverbs, wisdom uh, for godly behavior in James, because James focuses on godly behavior. Um, it is not primarily a 
heavily theological book as uh, the book of Romans. In the previous podcast, I reviewed or summarized the book of Romans. And Romans is, as I said earlier, have been called the, uh, it has been called the uh, Mount Everest of the New Testament because it was such a rich theological book. Well, James, uh, the very word of God, doesn't focus on the, the richness of theology, but it focuses on the outcome of that, on, on godly behavior. Um, and, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in a moment, but James chapter 2, verses 14 to 18, talks about faith and works. And, and it says that, that uh, faith without works is dead. And so, and so he is focusing on the works per, uh, perspective. He's focusing on the behavior that comes out of being saved, of being a righteous person. Now, let me just kind of go through. In chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, uh, James talks about the value of endurance in trials. And he, and he says, count it all joy uh, when trials come, because trials will, will produce endurance and will produce perseverance. And then in chapter 1, verses 12 to 18, uh, he addresses the issue of, of trials and temptation. And he makes it clear there in that part of the passage that uh, verse 13 says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself does not tempt anyone. And so he makes it very clear that temptation uh, to evil does not come or originate in God Almighty. But he says, each of us, as we are enticed by our own lust and carried away, we sin and sin then produces death, separation. And so he, there is a warning. And we, again, we're talking about godly behavior. And he starts right out by saying, hey, uh, all of ungodly behavior originates in our flesh when we allow ourselves to be tempted. Temptation is not sin, but when, when we allow temptation to keep coming there and we don't shut it off. It produces uh, the act of sin, and then sin has its consequences in, in, our, in our lives. Then in chapter 1, verses 19 to 27, uh, we have the value of doing the Word. When we, he talks about looking into the looking glass of the Word. We don't look there and see something and walk away and forget it, but we deal with what we see. And so when we look into the looking glass of the Word, uh, we... Uh, see things that need to change. We need to deal with it. We need to act on it. And that's uh, chapter 1, verses 19 through through 27. In chapter 2, verses 1 to 13, James addresses the issue of avoiding favoritism. You know, it's really easy to, to get favorites in the church based on uh, wealth or education or social standing or whatever and leave others behind. And that is a real, uh, that's a real challenge in the body of Christ. And, and James deals with it there. In chapter 2, verses 14 to 26, again, he talks about the relationship of faith and works. Some have said that James is uh, uh, contradicting what Paul taught, uh, that we're saved by faith alone. But he is actually not contradicting. What he is basically teaching here is when we're saved by faith alone, true faith will produce works. There will be obvious change. And that is just a great study that we need to think about. And then in chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, there is a great passage on the dangers of the tongue. And oh my, my tongue gets me in trouble, and I know it gets you in trouble from time to time. And it's tough to tame the tongue. But, but uh, James deals with that. How much more practical can you get in godly behavior than dealing with that? In chapter 3, verses 13 to 18, there is uh, the subject of godly wisdom contrasted with demonic wisdom. Great read. 
In chapter 4, verses 1 to 8, we, he addresses pride. That's an issue that we all deal with. Versus humility. Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. But God resists the proud, but He, he gives grace to the humble. In chapter 4, verses 9 to 12, He addresses the issue of judging others. Don't we do that in the body of Christ? In chapter 4, verses 13 to 17, He gives us some perspective on life's brevity. Life is. What is your life? It's like a vapor that appears for a short time and then vanishes away. And oh, we need to keep in mind how short our lives are. Even if we live to 92 years old like Barbara Bush did, we need to make sure that we understand that life is short and life is precious. In chapter 5, verses 1 to 6, James gives a warning to the rich. And if God has blessed you with a lot of substance, a lot of material wealth, there is a warning to be taking, uh, taken there seriously. Then chapter 5, verses 7 to 12 again is the challenge to endure. He's talking to believers that are fleeing persecution. Endure. Keep on. Hang in there. And finally, chapter 5, verses 13 to 20 uh, deal with uh, godly interdependence in the body of Christ. We so need each other. Well, I've just rushed through this book, but all I want to do again is whet your appetite. Go read the book of James. Read it. Let it speak to your heart. Let it encourage you. Let it change your life. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.